Hi, I'm Stage and Stage's Lin-Manuel Miranda, and you're listening to The Hamilcast. Boots and cuts and boots and cuts. <laughs> <laughs> everybody, welcome back to the Hamilcast. I'm Jillian, and once again, this week, I am hanging out with Scott Wasserman. Scott is the Ableton programmer for Hamilton, which means he's in charge of all the sounds an orchestra can't make. If you have no idea what I'm talking about or you're just joining me, definitely go back and listen to episodes 157 and 158. Scott explains all about Ableton, tells great stories from the really early days of Hamilton, and plays these musical gems that will blow your mind. So definitely go back and listen to episodes 157 and 158. Okay, so we're all caught up. Excellent. Please enjoy the rest of my chat with Scott Wasserman. Yeah, that Puerto Rico company is special. Oh. oh. They're incredible. I, uh, yeah. Uh, and that opening night performance was. I would say one of the best performances of Hamilton I've ever seen. Yeah. So you want to talk about it? Can we talk? Yeah, let's talk about Puerto Rico. Oh my God. I mean, so yeah, I was there for the entire tech and preview process and then was there for opening night and I left um, two days after opening Uh, with any new company. I'll be present for that amount of time. And uh, like I said, in the rehearsal studio in New York as well, playing rehearsal beats. So we have a separate Ableton session that is used for rehearsals that includes a lot of uh, the drum patterns, the electronic percussion patterns, some of the bass and guitar stuff, and is used in the rehearsal studio so that the dancers can get more of a sense of the accents that they're dancing to along with the piano. So I'll play the rehearsal beats and then I'll also go set up each new company to make sure the percussionist is comfortable with running Ableton in the course of the show. Uh, and do any of the changes that we talked about, like any of those like slight tempo changes or any sound changes that come up because of the limitations of the space or the acoustics of the space, um, and just be there for technical support. Yeah. So uh, I went to Puerto Rico. I arrived on December 27th, and as your listeners may know, we had to move theaters. Mm-hmm. So all of the travel was booked and could not be changed despite the change of the schedule. So when we first arrived, we had like five days free (laughs) before band rehearsal started. And the crew was all working during this time uh, and they did such an amazing job, but like, you know, my job couldn't start until band rehearsal started. Mm -hmm. So I was able to explore Puerto Rico a little bit and get to know the island, get to know the people. And it's just so great there it's it's i mean obviously the weather is great but also the people are so friendly the food is so good everyone is so generous and the buzz about hamilton was so exciting Mm -hmm. they were so excited to have lynn back and lynn's dad back yep the community of vega alta was like you know on everyone's lips so uh and then when he actually started rehearsals um and started getting audiences in for the invited dress and the previews and everything it was well, we actually didn't have any previews. Opening night ended up being our first full, <laughs> full audience because yeah. of the date change. Yeah. Uh, the response was like, 
nothing I had ever heard before. Yeah. It was incredible. Just to be there. And like so many listeners came and Patreon peeps came and we had all these meetups. And I can't believe that I like missed Patreon peeps who were coming when I was leaving. It I know to so be all crazy. the way over there. And then, <laughs> and then but like all these people are just like, hey, I'm going to take uh, I'm going to go to Puerto Rico. And if I don't see Hamilton, awesome. Right. Because I'm still going to give money to the island and yeah. I'm still going to be totally yeah, the and hotel I stayed at was like just reopened yes. this year and everyone was so excited and eager to like yeah. show what new restaurant they had and yeah. like here's the like new features of the pool, here's the new gym, like it, it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone is the nicest and so kind and sweet. And now I'm going to only go there. I definitely need to bring my wife because no, yes. she was supposed to come and then she booked a show, of course. And oh, okay. <laughs> so, well, you know, yeah. for a good reason, she couldn't come. Yeah. But actually, my dad got to come down and he stayed with me the whole last week I was there and he saw the invited dress and the preview and oh he was God. thrilled to be there. So I'm, I'm glad I got to share that with him. Yeah. But, but it was the same thing for him. He was like, you know. He used me being there as an excuse to to come down, obviously, but like he had never been to Puerto Rico before. It was never really on his radar as a place to go for mm -hmm. a vacation. And after going, he's like, I got to bring your mom back here. We got to come go to this hotel. We got to go oh, to this yeah. restaurant again. Yeah. Everyone needs to go. You guys, Puerto Rico is because Chris Leary came over, God, almost like six months ago now. And he went there for his th Chris Leary from uh, a dresser from Hamilton mm -hmm. Broadway. And he spent his his birthday there. And he was like, you guys, it's more than open for business. Like, yeah. go to Puerto Rico. Yeah, yeah. And that was six months after the hurricane. And right. now it's like, you guys, it really is. Yeah. I love it there. The first I didn't want to go. <laughs> I didn't want to leave. The first day I was there, we went to a tour and tasting at the Bacardi factory. Yeah. I did that. And by the end of it, these this family had invited us to all come with them to like go to their friend's house and sure. play instruments and we were like okay it was it was it's that kind of place like yeah. you're going to meet people you're going to have a good time you're going yes. to make friends and also one of my favorite moments was an uber driver that i had mm -hmm. also don't worry about like the price of renting a car or anything uber is so cheap it's yes. so cheap yeah it's just uber they don't have lyft but you know use uber yeah um and uh, this Uber driver, I got talking with him and I was like, yeah, I'm here for Hamilton. He had never heard of it. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's this musical. It's coming. He's like, I don't like musicals. And I was like, oh, well, you know, okay, it was well. written by uh, <laughs> a Puerto Rican guy. <laughs> and yeah, okay, and he's well. like, you know, everyone from Puerto Rico is excited that he's back. And, and it's a different kind of musical. It's got hip hop and you, rap in it. Were you trolled and, by your Uber driver? <laughs> well, and then he was like, oh, it's got hip hop i was like yeah he was like wasn't beauty and the beast just at at that theater i was like yeah he's like yeah, i don't like beauty and the beast so i was like well this is not well, really not like beauty and the beast, the beast. and he's like oh but it's still a musical yeah and i think by the end of our ride i convinced him to enter the lottery yes! to, to go see hamilton so but like it's funny how even at a place where it's creating such buzz there are still yeah. people that are just like yeah i've never heard of that <laughs> most of the people were like oh you saw it and we were like, yes. Uh -huh. And I got every driver, everyone to download the app. 
Yep. I was like, it's so easy to enter the lottery. Enter the lottery. Yeah. You totally do. And they were like, oh my God, really? And I was like, yes. Because <laughs> a lot of people on the island who live there were like, it's impossible. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's not impossible. It's no. really not. And if you can't go there and you want to do something good for the island, there's still the Flamboyant Arts Fund mm-hmm. that uh, Lynn has helped set up. And you can donate to that. I think because of the show, they're already projecting they're raising about $15 million. <gasps> really? Uh, I think that was the number they announced at opening night. But, you know, that's yeah. still not enough. <laughs> so, yeah, and HispanicFederation.org. Yes. And yeah, and if you just, buy merch from T. Rico, too, yes. I can go to there. Oh, yeah, T. Rico, always. Yeah. Just always T. Rico. <laughs> they're, always, they're always doing good things I'm wearing there. my Hamilton Puerto Rico shirt right now. I know. I'm very I, I said to you when you walked in, I was like, well, Mike and I have to record the episode about Puerto Rico, so I was going to wear it. I was going to wear it today because you were going to be my first recording uh-huh. after coming back. And I was like, no, I'll wear it when Mike and I record. And yeah. Um... All right, let's talk about Song Salad. Yeah, let's talk about Song Salad. Before we do the Patreon peeps, because I love what you guys do. Just explain what it is, <laughs> and then I'll, I'll gush about it. But So my friend Shannon Deep and I have been recording Song Salad for the past three years. We started right around the same time you guys started. Yeah. And uh, Cheer, Cheers to three years of podcasting. Cheers my to three gracious. years. It's hard to keep it going, yeah. especially a weekly podcast. I know, for sure. So every week we take a random genre of music and a random article from Wikipedia as a topic and we combine them into a short song. And it really is random, right? (laughs) Yes, it is random. We have a uh, Google sheet where Mm -hmm. we imported a list of over 500 music genres uh, and there's a button on Google Sheets where it says randomize range and whatever comes to the top is what we do as long as it's a genre that's actually achievable because sometimes there are genres that are like purely instrumental and sure. we can't do lyrics and that's not as fun. Right. So because because Shannon writes the lyrics for the songs based on our topic, which always comes from a random Wikipedia article. <laughs> and there is a button on Wikipedia, if you don't know, called random article. And again, sometimes we will have to go through a couple clicks of random article because every once in a while the random article will be like here's a province in iran and there is no information about it it's like just the name well the like, end, like, you like know? michael scott from the office is like here's the thing about wikipedia is amazing because mm-hmm. anyone can post anything about anything <laughs> exactly. and then it's like well when there's nothing to right we like, gotta have something to research something yeah, to draw from even but. the the episode I was listening to today, Shannon was like, full disclosure, everything needs citations on this <laughs> exactly. article. So just saying. But I love the research you guys do. Anyway, continue. Just Yeah. yeah. So we'll we'll get the random genre, we'll get the random topic, and then we'll research each of them to make sure we know enough about each that I can sort of recreate the genre of music and write a song in that style, use electronic instrumentation to create the same sound of that genre and then shannon will write lyrics that reference the topic but still uh, are in the style of whatever genre we're doing that week so we usually do it's about like half hour to 45 minutes per episode and the songs are usually about a minute long and uh are always very insane (laughs) i've known shannon since 2006 we yeah, we met in the same dorm in college during orientation week and we started doing the student run theater scotch and soda at carnegie mellon together and i also uh was 
given the assignment as a composition student to write a choral piece and I was looking for a text to set it to and Shannon I knew had written poetry in high school and was taking poetry classes in college so I asked her if I could see some of her poetry and I chose to write a choir piece to one of her poems (laughs) and she was like this is weird this has never happened before Mm, Uh, and that started our collaboration as composer and lyricist and then we wrote like song cycles for voice majors together we wrote a musical together and uh, started writing songs together after that here is say hello to Thebit our bebop song about the moon crater Thebit by By Shannon Shannon and Scott. Scott if the night is moonlit Say hello to Phoebe There's no thrill that's greater Than waving to a crater If the night is moonlit Say hello to Phoebe There's no thrill that's greater Than waving to a crater It's just amazing. So, so where can they find Song Salad? Yeah. So we have a website, songsaladpodcast.com. And we're also on Twitter at songsaladcast mm-hmm. and on Patreon, patreon.com slash songsalad. Yes. You can get extra bonus content mm-hmm. at uh, $5 a month. You can, at $10 a month, submit your suggestions for genres and topics to what we call the salad bowl. I was going to say. <laughs> once a month, we take a suggestion from a listener for either the genre or topic from the salad bowl yeah and then yeah. uh the facebook group is like the the produce section the produce section song salad podcast the produce section and you're it's just like hello facebook vegetarians group. i yeah, love that exactly. i just you guys yeah the, the facebook group was a lot of fun like we'll get a lot of responses to things in the episodes and people will respond because i mean because the topics and genres are so random yeah someone in the world has it as their favorite thing, sure. you know? Totally. So it'll be a genre of music I've never heard of. And then we'll get a listener posting on the Facebook group or tweeting at us being like, by the way, this is my favorite genre. Here's other artists you can listen to. And here's why I got into it. So we also have a Spotify playlist that listeners have created where every week they post their favorite songs in the genres that we do for the oh episode. God. You have so, to send it to me and I'll link it under yeah. your Epson. And I'll tweet about it. That for is sure. so cool. Yeah. And I'm just so, so grateful because I know you're so busy and I know that this is your job and I know it's also your passion doing this song salad podcast and I love that you're also coming here and then doing the same thing <laughs> again because you guys listen to song salad because Scott you're so great at explaining like why things why you're using this certain thing and for for this genre and Shannon at the same time is just so great at explaining like this is the chorus this is the verse it's just yeah, you guys, I, mean, I, work, I really can't recommend it enough. The work I love that she it. does is brilliant too. She she can read lyrics from songs from whatever genre we're researching, and she can uh, um, immediately recognize like what the syntax is that these writers are using, and what the the structure tends to be for these songs, and what the themes are, and like whether the language is heightened or not. And she can write lyrics 
<laughs> just like on the fly <laughs> based on those criteria. And I guess it's it's the same practice that I use in the music. I can recognize the patterns and create something that sounds similar enough that it gets by. And she does the same thing with the lyrics, but like her brain just works in enough of a different way that I could not do what she does and she could not do what I do. And it's a fun partnership. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. My whole life is my brain not knowing what the people on this couch can do. <laughs> so again, we have that thing in common. All right, before Patreon peeps, again, also one more thing, one more thing. I know, I'm sorry. I'm, peeps, I'll get to you. Dear Evan Hansen. Dear Evan we Hansen. We said we were going to get back to that, right? Okay. Yeah, it's very interesting because the type of work that I did was the same on Dear Evan Hansen. It uh -huh. was all in programming Ableton and programming the electronic music content, but the shows are so different and the music is so different. You know, Dear Evan Hansen is much more like folk pop top 40, like what, you know, mm -hmm. uh, in that Pasek and Paul world. And the electronic music content of Dear Evan Hansen is related directly to the moments in the show that happen online. There is less electronic music content on Ableton in Dear Evan Hansen than there is in... Hamilton and the primary work that Ableton is doing on Dear Evan Hansen is really connecting the band with what's happening visually on the stage. Cool. So if you've seen Dear Evan Hansen or clips from it on the Tony Awards or whatever, you notice that the set is made up of projections mm -hmm. on these screens that move around and those videos that are part of the projections are all linked to the music very, very specifically. And the way that's achieved is through Ableton and through what's called time code. So this is something we don't use on Hamilton because it's not necessary for the technical purposes of Hamilton. But on Dear Evan Hansen, time code is constantly running whenever the band is playing. And the video programmers and projectionists can lock in specific moments of the video to specific moments in time during the songs. And whenever the band is playing along with the click track, the video will sync up perfectly with those elements in the music. someone who really needed to hear this today. So thank you, Evan Hansen, for doing what you're doing. I never met you, Connor, but coming on here, reading everyone's posts, it's so easy to feel alone, but Evan is exactly right. We're not alone. None of We're us. not alone. None of us. None of us. None of us are alone. Like. Well, especially now, with everything you hear in the news. Like. Repost. Thank you, Evan Hansen, for giving us a space to remember Connor. To be together. To find each other. Michigan, Vermont, Sacramento. Thank you, Evan Hansen. 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 Thank you,
So I know that's like, it's kind of weird to picture it <laughs> that yeah. way, but it it goes back to film. The, the time code is a signal that breaks down hours, minutes, seconds, and frames, and video is broken down into frames. So I could tell the video department that Evan sings the word waving <laughs> at one hour, three minutes, and four seconds and 23 frames and they can tweak their video programming to make sure that the video they want displayed while he says the word waving happens at that exact moment so their software will lock on to what Ableton is sending them in terms of time code and play back that video at that exact moment so what you end up seeing on stage is this very integrated tight like audio visual experience yeah Oh, that's so cool. So that's the main difference between the two. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other difference is the the sound of what's on Ableton. In Hamilton, it's much more hip-hop influence. And in Evan Hansen, it's all of these kind of like fluttery, um, glitchy electronic sounds, a lot of which were created by my co-programmer, Enrico DiTrizio. And he and I work on all of the productions now together and like share responsibility. Um, But it's a lot more like synthesizer based kind of stuff uh, rather than electronic percussion. Cool. Yeah. All right, Scott, can you take some questions from the Patreon peeps? They're I would love so to. Excited. Yes. Patreon peeps, wonder powers activate. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> if I were shockwave, this would be much more impressive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Patreon peeps. Kelly is asking, what is your advice or resources for someone who wants to learn Ableton? Anything you'd wish you knew when you started out? Yeah. Uh, Ableton allows you to download a 30-day trial Mm. without paying for it. So that's a fantastic way to start. You can get the 30-day trial from the website. It doesn't allow you to save things, I don't think, but... Uh, you can at least play around within the software. But as we were talking about, Alex Lackmore and I kind of just started clicking buttons to see what would happen. Yeah, You could download the whole thing. You had the standard version of Ableton costs about $300. Um, so it's a little pricey, but um, it's got so much within it that it's definitely a worthwhile investment. And the thing I wish I had known before I started learning about Ableton was how many YouTube tutorials there are for how to use it. So if there's anything you're confused about, like how do I separate the tracks into different groups? Like just type that into Google and you will find a YouTube video or a forum. There's tons of forums uh, with instructions on how to solve all those individual problems within Ableton. Um, I think it's also good to have either GarageBand or Logic at your disposal because you can create a lot of content within those programs that can then be exported to Ableton and organized within Ableton and affected with Ableton in different ways. So that'd be a good starting point too is to start with a free or cheaper music software, uh, start to understand the nuts and bolts of that and then incorporate that work into Ableton. There might also be opportunities to take classes in Ableton through different university programs. And I think anyone could sign up for those. Uh, I'm not sure what the price point would be, but uh, I think 
in addition to the YouTube tutorials, there are probably online courses that are available to you. Cool. Allison is asking, what's the most unusual sound request you've ever been asked to create? Ooh, that might be for Invisible Thread, actually. So Invisible Thread, there was this really interesting sequence where the actors were running down a hill and the way that it was presented to me was as if it was like an action movie, like a Kung Fu movie almost where like, as they're running down this hill, they're like jumping over uh, boxes and like running across beams. And like, it was this really like heightened kind of animated sequence that they wanted to create in Uh the audio. And in the band, there was a lot of like percussion going on, but the sounds that they wanted to achieve electronically had to feel cinematic So I created a lot of like whooshing sounds and a lot of like sounds of what I imagined were people like jumping off of a building and like floating in the air and time kind of suspending and then landing on a building on the other side and all that. And then the visual on stage was just like reflected in these actors like running down the set and like jumping across beams and things. So I think that, that was one of the more like complex sequences of action turned mm-hmm. into music that I was tasked with. Yeah. Uh, which was really fun. And then how, and then how did you solve it? Well, I, I kind of like used film music and film sound effects as influence. Like for instance, in the matrix, when things start to go into slow motion, the music goes like, you know, and like sort of uh, has that like, filtered quality almost like the the air drops out or like drops out from under you um and i created sounds that had that same feeling and then like morphed back into full tempo from there and you know just kind of played around with it uh, influenced by those movie sound effects so tried to translate to the that to the stage as much as i could (laughs) i think you'd be a pretty good beatboxer (laughs) There was a there was a brief period of time where I was interested in learning to beatbox and it never worked out. (laughs) You should do it. Come to the Freestyle Love Supreme show, the opening whenever. Oh, I want to. Yeah, Uh, whatever opening night is. I mean, Shockwave is amazing. Hey, I'm Shockwave. The first step on how to beatbox is the basic beat. The basic beat can be broken down into two words. Boots, cuts. You say those two words fast. Boots, cuts. And do them one after another. Boots, cuts. Boots, cuts. Boots, cuts. Then you take it. Don't say the word. Say the sound. Boots, cuts. Boots, cuts. Boots, cuts. Boots. It's that simple. There was a f- another phrase like boots and cats that I learned that was like a little bit more uh, involved with beatboxing. I'm trying to remember what it was. It was... um born to be clever too clever to be too clever have you heard this one no the phrase is born to be clever too clever to be too clever right okay so, so now that's you're... the rhythm okay. right born to be clever too clever to be too clever if you start taking out the vowels from it it becomes right so that's like the the start of that beatboxing rhythm and if you actually apply proper quote unquote beatboxing technique to it which Shock. i don't remember anymore Come over. Let's do this. Right? (laughs) So that's a good way to start beatboxing. Yes. (laughs) 
Oh my God. There was a night when I was in Providence, Rhode Island, and my wife was on tour with Mamma Mia. And I was like in the hotel room while she was doing a show. And I was like, I'm going to learn to beatbox. <laughs> and I started watching YouTube tutorials. Yes! And, and that was one of them. And I like got lightheaded and almost passed out from you forgot to not breathe. breathing well. Yes! And I was like, Megan, you almost came back to your hotel and just found me dead yeah. from beatboxing. Megan. <laughs> Megan, she's like, I can't leave you alone. I can't take you anywhere, Scott. No. <laughs> you can't beatbox by yourself. She's like, had a great <laughs> show, honey. Oh, you're dead on the bed and yeah. there's a YouTube video of she's beatboxing. She's like, yeah, I'm out of breath too because yeah. I just did a show, <laughs> honey. <laughs> um, Laura is asking... What role would you play if you could be cast in Hamilton, an American musical? <laughs> and then Sean jumped on that and said, also, who would you cast as yourself if they made a musical Ooh. about the making of Hamilton, an oh American musical? God. Hashtag meta. Wow. All right. So let's do Laura first. If you could be anyone in Hamilton, an American musical. Oh, man. Uh, if I could be anyone in Hamilton... I would be George Washington. Really? Yes. I think he's just got so much gravitas and he's so settled in what he believes throughout the show yeah. that it's very a very comforting presence. I just think he's got um he's just got such a great energy. Oh, I'm starstruck by him where it's yeah. like ladies and gentlemen, the moment you've been waiting for. I'm right. Like, that is George Washington. Yeah. On the that right stage hand right man now. rap is <gasps> amazing. I would love to do that. And one last time is uh, just brilliant. And, you know, selfishly it's, he's got a little less stage time than the rest of the characters. Okay. So I'd get to chill out a little bit. <laughs> so. No, I think it's, I think that's actually not selfish. You weren't like, I want to be Hamilton. You're like, yeah. no, I kind of want to be. No, I want to chill a little. Yeah. I just want to have like, I want to belt a little bit. Yep. And have some authority. Yeah. And then... I, I just think it's such a beautifully crafted role. And, oh, it is. And the people that have been playing the role, I mean, obviously Chris Jackson, but also Isaiah, who's oh. in Puerto Rico right now. Oh. He's such a brilliant Washington. He... And, and that's a role you can also make your own. I mean, a lot of the roles you're given freedom, but George Washington, I feel like I've seen the most variety in actors play the role and it's always worked, yeah. you know? So maybe I could too. <laughs> you totally could. <laughs> and then for someone to play me in the movie of, of like the how making, Hamilton like, was like created. Like the workshops, I guess. Uh, people often tell me I look like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, I totally see that. Or... um well, let's just go bold and let's go with Daniel Day-Lewis because <gasps> he's my favorite actor. <laughs> well, he would have to like live with you and Megan for six months. Yeah, he'd be method about it. Yeah. So, you yeah, have to ask Megan if that's okay. I think she'd be okay with it. <laughs> While we're on this like fantasy casting subject, yeah. I haven't said this to anyone yet, but what? I've been thinking over the last couple weeks... Uh-huh. So one of our uh, resident directors, Ashley Rodbro, she is the resident director for the Ann Peggy Company that's mm-hmm. doing Puerto Rico and San Francisco. Mm-hmm. She was uh, part of the development of Oh Hello, the Broadway show with, with uh, John uh, Mulaney and, and Nick, Nick Kroll, Kroll. Of course. And also worked on John Mulaney's stand-up special. And I got to thinking, wouldn't it be amazing if John Mulaney and Nick Kroll as Gil Faison and George St. Geeglin played King George 
together. Look, I, I knew Nick Kroll back when he was Fabrice Fabrice down at the UCB theater. So yeah, no, I'm here for that. So now my ultimate fantasy casting of King George is John Mulaney and Nick Kroll as those yeah. characters as King George. Sure. So I want to make that happen. Okay. So I'll call Ashley after this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa is asking, what is your favorite song in the skit? Maybe one you enjoy working on or just a song you really love mm. and why? Well, I do love It's Quiet Uptown right now. I think it's just such a beautifully simple and effective and heartbreaking song. Coming from where it comes from and then where it goes to, it's just like the perfect breath in time and also the perfect like moment to grieve mm -hmm. with the characters when she takes his hand though scott i, I can't know. I i've seen the show time. i was trying to figure out how many times i've seen the show yeah how many times have you seen it in the audience not working oh not working uh very few but how many times have i seen the show while working i think i i guessed around 400 Jesus. it's a lot but yeah. i again that moment still makes me tear up every time Standing in the garden, Alexander by Eliza's side, she takes his hand. It's quiet uptown. Forgiveness. Can you imagine? Forgiveness. Can you imagine? But I would say my favorite song in terms of like working on it was probably Reynolds Pamphlet, just because it's so fun and nasty. It's so Ableton heavy <laughs> and just gritty and yeah. like dirty. Yep. Kelly is saying, from your time in The Room, which yes. she capitalized, not even knowing that we nice. were going to be talking about The Room, <laughs> what was the process like watching the cabinet create and mold the show, especially during those early readings? Specifically curious what Tommy's process of directing is like. Mm. It's a very good question. So the way I saw the process happen was always from Lynn to Lack to Tommy and Andy, mm -hmm. right? And then the comments from Tommy and Andy about how the musical decisions impacted the story of the show, the staging and the clarity, and then how Lynn and Lack could then work together to make edits that would clarify those story and staging moments. So I might have a different perspective on this than like if you asked Patrick Vassell what his experience of working with the cabinet was like. And right? I would love to, Patrick. Patrick. Call me anytime. Okay, Patrick, you're way too busy, <laughs> but you have time for this. Come on. Come on, Patrick. I'm Come calling on. you out. Come on. The way I always viewed it was that Lynn was the person who could come up with the most ideas and the most like wide ranging ideas. Lack would make those ideas possible in the world of the show. And then Tommy would be the one to say, okay, these ideas are all possible, but which one is going to serve our show the best? And he would help rein it in to what was most effective. And then Andy would say, how can I make this idea visual right and if the answer was i don't know then it probably wasn't the right idea so th the music could be changed to 
work with however Andy could represent it visually on stage. Because while Tommy was the director of the show, Andy did all of the musical staging, quote unquote. So, uh, you know, the blocking of the show was less the responsibility of Tommy than it was of Andy. But Tommy's vision for the overall feel of the show and the overall uh, arc of the characters, that was all Tommy. Like we were talking about earlier and like Kurt said, just getting to be in the room at the time that they were spitting ideas back and forth and showing their personality and showing their contribution to the process was incredibly invaluable. So Becky is asking, how do you know what your cues are in terms of the sheet music? It's an interesting process figuring out what in a song can be on a click track and what needs to be free time. Mm -hmm. And that is the most basic decision-making process when figuring out what can be on Ableton and what can't. Yeah. Because if there's a moment in a song where the actor needs to be free to sing a certain line without being constrained to a certain amount of time, you can't have that moment set to a click track necessarily and have tracks playing or along with it. Right. So when you're looking at the sheet music, you need to make decisions based on which moments are solidly in a tempo, which moments are in free time, and which moments need the tracks to be playing along or not. And in Hamilton, there was a lot of effort put into making sure that the music sounded human, even if the tracks were playing. So there are tons of moments throughout the score uh, where... Ableton will be playing a click track and then for like these two beats, it'll dip down two beats per minute and then back up to the regular tempo and then it'll go faster two beats per minute, one bar later, and then back to the regular tempo. And all of those things just follow the natural human inclinations of what are going on in that song. And then Ableton only cuts out when you absolutely need it to for a a completely free, like unspecified amount of time that needs to happen in the show. For instance, in Burn, when she sings, you, 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 like that's never going to be the same. And you don't want to put that on a click track because you want it to come from the actress, right? So you'll bring in Ableton when she's done, right? Um, But before that moment, you can have it on click and you can have the band playing along with Ableton to set up whatever tempo is needed and to play along any electronic drums that are happening during the song. And it'll cut out for those specific moments. So that's why the percussionist has such a big job in the show, triggering all of the entrances of Ableton one by one. And he basically, he or she has uh, either a sticker or highlighted moments in the show that say, go, And at each of those moments, they hit go on Ableton and that triggers the next sequence of events. So it's constantly coming in and out throughout the piece. So you guys kind of know what you're doing over there at Hamilton, right? Like you guys kind of... (laughs) (laughs) Anything to make it feel musical, you know? (laughs) Oh my God. Um, So Amanda wants to know, what was the 21 Chump Street experience like for you? Any insights or favorite moments? Oh, man. That was fun. That was really fun. (laughs) I mean... 21 Chump Street was a 15-minute musical that Lynn wrote for This American Life. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ira Glass put together this event at Brooklyn Academy Music, BAM, uh, where... 
he had opera excerpts and spoken word and stand-up comedy and musicals and things where all of the work was commissioned for this concert. And one of the pieces that was commissioned was 21 Chump Street from Lynn, where they took a past This American Life interview and turned it into a short musical. The plan was called Operation D-. One of the schools included in the plan was Park Vista Community High School, where a kid named Justin LeBoy, that's me, an 18-year-old honor roll student, I guess straight A's, man, was in the last semester of his senior year. Justin could hardly believe his luck when a very pretty girl showed up. Naomi. In not one, but two of his classes. Naomi. She sat in front of him. He switched seats. Naomi. The last name she used was Rodriguez. Justin, what drew you to Naomi initially? She used to fall asleep in class. She was a light-skinned, Puerto Rican, Dominican, long hair, maturing a body like whoa, like whoa. That's not the only reason I liked her though. She said she moved with her mother to Florida from New York, where dreams are made. Well, so did I. So I said hi. She seemed mature, and I talked more. And I was like, what the heck I gotta do? this in class yeah well i texted her you know, i was like what the heck i gotta do to be with you hello 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 what the heck i gotta do and anthony ramos mm-hmm. played the lead mm-hmm. congratulations on your engagement anthony yes, congrats <laughs> Lindsay mendez Lindsay mendez was in it yeah alex boniello who is now in dear evan hansen gerard sorry, canonico who? Yeah, no, I mean, who I mean, is going just... to be in be more chill like it was an amazing cast I mean... of people and ben Cohn, the music director of dear evan hansen was the music director for 21 Chump Street. His husband, Sean, was the drummer. Johnny Dinklage, who plays violin in the pit of Hamilton, was the violinist for us. So, you know, it was all the great people. And And you. And you were also involved. (laughs) I was the Ableton programmer. You can hear the the Tendul... Yep, it's that's in that same record scratch appears in everybody's got a cousin. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, but yeah. like much faster and yes. like in a totally different feel. I hear my cousin twenty five ducats. I'm sweating buckets. He hands me a sandwich bag with some little green nuggets. I got it for you. XO, cool. You want it now? See you at school. Everybody's got a cousin who can hook them up with something. Everybody's got a cousin who can hook them up with something. Everybody's got a cousin who can hook them up with something. Everybody's got a cousin who can hook them up with something. Everybody's got a cousin who can hook them up with something. Everybody's got a cousin who can hook them up with something. Everybody's got a cousin. It is so good. If you guys don't know 21 Trump Street, I can't play all of it. I know it's only like 14 minutes or 18 minutes or whatever, but it's so, so good. And and uh, Kurt did the snob when uh, when Anthony yeah. and, and Jasmine got engaged. Like, 
I, I just, right. I, uh. Kurt had emailed me. He was like, do you have the score to 21 Jump <gasps> Street? And I was like, yeah, I'm the one that wrote it down. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my God, it all comes back. So I sent it to him and that's how they did the snob. The show was called Hamilton, and the cast was assembling for rehearsal at the public theater, where a kid named Anthony Ramos, that's me, a 23-year-old actor, yo, I'm in the play, could hardly believe his luck when a very pretty girl showed up. Yo, yo, check this girl out. She's Jasmine. In not one, but two roles in the play. She's Jasmine. She sat in front of him. He switched seats. She's Jasmine. The last name she used was Cephas Jones. Anthony, what drew you to Jasmine initially? Yo, man, you know, she just knocked, knocked me out in rehearsal, you know? But she was a great singer, kind of shy, but a powerhouse, big sound, mature, and the focus like, whoa. Like, like whoa. That's not the only reason I liked her, though. She said her family was British, but she really liked living in New, New York. York. story it is it's truly heartbreaking heartbreaking and um i think lynn felt like you really connected to it and uh it was just a cool experience because we got to i got to be on stage playing the the beats and everything along with the band and uh ira glass said my name at the end of (laughs) that's cool (laughs) the run of it so it's just kind of a surreal experience but uh i think the coolest part of the whole experience was that we were part of this larger show so in addition to 21 chump street there was also like a mini opera by philip glass and there was a stand-up set from mike berbiglia so i got to sit in the rehearsal hall with all of these people 
and we were like, okay, whose skit is next? You yeah. know, and we would just do one after the other. And I would like watch Mike Birbiglia deliver his stand up from behind him and like watch Philip Glass walking by and talking to the violinist about like what to do on his music. And yeah. that that was the coolest thing was just the the meeting of the minds totally. that happened. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what else I learned that during that experience was that Ira Glass uses Ableton. Ira Glass. What? what, what? Rewind. <laughs> <laughs> when he does live This American Life performances mm-hmm. or events, yeah. he will use Ableton along with a program called Touchable, which is a mobile controller for Ableton that can be used on an iPad or a phone. And he will load in uh, clips of interviews, people talking. He will load in like transition music and stuff and from his mobile device he will control ableton playing back anything that he needs to insert in his live this american life performances so he and i got talking about ableton during that process at bam too so cool yeah Kelly really wants me to ask you about the Blackbeard musical because she just saw you speak at a festival and she says, I had to ask you about it. She just met you. Yeah, I did a seminar at the Goodspeed Festival of New Works in Connecticut over the weekend where I presented on electronic music integration in live theater. So I showed examples from Hamilton and Dear Evan Hansen to talk about how the live orchestra plays along with or, uh, electronic music and to talk about MIDI and time code and how lighting and video can be affected by Ableton and all that. And I probably mentioned that Blackbeard was an upcoming project. So Blackbeard is a musical that is coming to Signature Theater in DC in June of this year, 2019. And uh, it's being written by Dana Rowe and John Dempsey, who wrote Witches of Eastwick and Zombie Prom. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it is the story of Blackbeard the Pirate. And it's very much in the vein of like Spamalot style humor. Fun. Where Blackbeard gets sent on a quest by his ex-girlfriend, who is this like mermaid sea deity to find certain objects yeah exactly some (laughs) siren to find certain objects around the world and bring them back to her and uh throughout the course of the musical it's this like hero's journey so the show travels from like the british isles to india to japan to all this and uh i'm going to be co-orchestrating the show with david holsenberg who is an amazing broadway uh music supervisor and orchestrator and uh, we're incorporating elements of electronic music and the acoustic band in it and our whole inspiration for the show is steampunk Come on. So I'm working now on creating loops and electronic music design and orchestrations that fit in the world of steampunk and pirates. The cosplay is going (laughs) to be out of control. Yeah. So come to Signature in uh, DC in June and check it out. Yeah, let me know. I'll post all the things about it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Still very much an early stage of the process, (laughs) but we'll see what happens. I think it's going to be great. That's so exciting. Oh, that's so fun. Um, Scott, thank you so much for hanging out. Thanks for having me back. This was great. I'm glad we got to meet in person I this know. time. After all this time of like being in touch and and yeah, <laughs> I'm so glad you came on this f- actually frigid 
freezing cold day and for bringing all these goodies and this amazing stuff. So thank you very much. Hamilton is a treasure trove of yeah. goodies. So there's but, even more where that came from. <laughs> but so are you. Okay. So you're saying you'll come back again? Yeah, let's do it. Right. Uh, so song salad is on all the things, right? Songs, uh, mm-hmm. patreon.com slash song salad. Yep. And then on Twitter and Instagram, Twitter at song salad cast, uh, on Instagram at song salad podcast. And what about you? And I'm at Scott Wasserman one on Twitter. And my website is Scott hyphen Wasserman.com. Are you not on the Insta? <laughs> I am. And that's oh. uh, at Swasserm. S <laughs> W A S S E R M. Okay. I'm going to tag you in all the things anyway. I just didn't know, know what you wanted I, to shout out. Yeah. I created all of those before I knew that like social media consistency was before a thing. Before you knew you were, you were part of like the new Beatles. <laughs> you were part of like <laughs> Beatlemania, Hamilmania. Right. Um, well, thank you guys so much, of course, for listening. Thank you, Scott, again, for joining me. I'm so uh, happy to be here. And and yeah, thank you all for listening because <laughs> like, we do Hamilton because of you. <laughs> so oh we want to bring it everywhere we can and we want to make it available everywhere we can. Uh, that's the goal. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you everywhere. Uh, so we have more cocktails to drink and more <laughs> things to play and, and things to talk about. Uh, but thank you guys so much. I love you. I'll talk to you so soon. I am G.Pen. I'm S.Wass. brought to you by my love of the thing tm and my complete lack of chill please join me in raising all the glasses to sir alex lackamore for generously making my intro music and this custom yorktown arrangement that i will never ever get over thank you thank you thank you to become a patreon peep and get the chance to ask questions to guests get tons of behind the scenes access and join the best kindest and most welcoming corner of the internet go to patreon.com slash the Hamilcast. I love you guys. Thank you. Hashtag team no chill. I'm at the Hamilcast on all social media and you can listen wherever you get your podcasts. The Residuals is my web series with my husband, Mike, you know, Mike, and can be found at the residuals.tv. True Crime Obsessed is my true crime comedy podcast with my podcast soulmate and Broadway royalty, Patrick Hines of theater people and Broadway backstory fame. Thank you again so much for listening. It means the world to me. To the revolution! revolution!